tell you if you want to live forever? Well, greetings, Treks and Sci-Fi fans, and welcome to this week's rock-jawed, hard-hitting Bugfest. This week, it's Starship Troopers. Kill them! Kill them all! Alright then, let's wait till the smoke clears a bit and I'll just push some of these dead bugs out of the way so we can sit down and talk about one of my favorite movies. But first I'd like to thank Rico for letting me yak at you while he's away and to introduce myself. This is Dave, or Dave Kill on the forums. Would you like to know more? Okay, let's get to it. Released in November of 97, Starship Troopers came out at a time when there was a new action flick every other weekend and that year had some major competition from Titanic, Men in Black, The Lost World, Con Air, Fifth Element, and Batman 4. Starship Troopers came in at number 35 out of the top 100 movies that year, right between Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery at number 36 and Spawn at number 34. That's getting left behind in a lot of dust. So I'll play the trailer to help refresh your memory. In every age, there is a cause worth fighting for. But in the future, the greatest threat to our survival will not be man at all. of tomorrow must travel across the stars to defend our world. We are a generation commanded by fate to defend humankind. Everyone fights, no one quits. We are going in with first wave. You smash the entire area, you kill anything that has more than two legs, you get me? We get you, sir! But they will face an enemy more devastating than any ever imagined. Choose you Render attack, sir. We need retrieval now. Someone made a damn mistake. No! The bugs laid a trap for us, didn't they? Prepare for battle and journey to the front lines of the next frontier. Kill them all! Starship Troopers. Hey, that was pretty nonstop, and I think this movie could have done better at the box office, if not for its R rating, that kept a lot of kids from seeing it. Just 15 seconds of editing could have turned Starship Troopers from an R to a PG-13 movie. Also, upon opening, this film was hammered by most critics who said it was dangerous for promoting Nazi ideals. It's not like that subject has never been explored on TV before. Took lesson from Earth history. But why Nazi Germany? You studied history, you knew what the Nazis were. Most efficient state 
Earth ever knew. Quite true, Captain. A tiny country, beaten, bankrupt, defeated, rose in a few years to stand only one step away from global domination. Perhaps Gill felt that such a state, run benignly, could accomplish its efficiency without sadism. Your uniform, Captain. Yes, it's a shame yours isn't as attractive as mine. Gestapo, I believe. Quite correct. You should make a very convincing Nazi. The point is, Starship Troopers is nothing more than a satire of fascism. Like the 64 movie, Dr. Strangelove was a satire on the Cold War and the threat of mutual self-destruction. This irony was totally lost on the critics. As a matter of fact, here's a brief overview by the writer, director, and the producer. At some level, I mean, there's a serious movie going on here, but we are trying to do a very stylized movie. This is a right-wing group of empty-headed, beautiful people doing exactly what they're told to do. Everyone fights, no one quits. This is a war picture. All hell's broken loose and there's nothing you can do about it. Fight or die. We were inspired by the posters and by the slogans and even by the philosophy of the Second World War. You kill anything that has more than two legs, you get me? We get you, sir! It obviously is a film that has its tongue in its cheek that's trying to undercut the very society that it's betraying. Would you like to know more? I just had in mind this is Sandra D and Troy Donahue go to outer space and fight giant bugs and become Nazis. So like the screenwriter Ed Newmeyer was saying, this is a highly stylized film. The high school setting and even the dialogue characterize a more innocent time. Like an old episode of Happy Days, well-behaved, better-than-average looking kids going to school just trying to get good grades and most of the young cast were relatively unknown. This was their first big movie. I feel this movie worked because the characters were engaging and instantly drew you in so you cared about who they were and what happens to them. Oh, you got it bad. Hey, don't forget about this afternoon. He's always late when he walks you home to fish for a kiss. <laughs> Get out of here. Marco's sister made pilots. So will you. I mean, imagine flying a half a million tons of Starship. You got up nerves of steel. The main three leads are Casper Van Dien as high school football jock Johnny Rico. Casper was built for this role. He was raised in a military family, his father a U.S. Navy commander and fighter pilot. He had even gone to the Admiral Farragut Academy before turning to acting. And then there is Denise Richards as career-driven Carmen Ibanez, the girl Johnny has a crush on and ultimately joined up for. She may be best known now for once being married to Charlie Sheen. And third is Neil Patrick Harris as Brainiac Carl Jenkins. Hey, what can you say? He's Doogie Hauser, And I liked him as Dr. Horrible, too. Other standout actors are Dina Meyer as Dizzy Flores, high school football quarterback with a mad crush on Johnny, she joins the mobile infantry to be close to her man. Dina previously had a role in Dragonheart and was more recently the Romulan commander Denatra in Star Trek Nemesis. And Clancy Brown as drill instructor Sergeant Zim. 
He's a seasoned actor who I remember most from Earth 2, where he played the role of John Danziger in that ensemble cast. Starship Troopers has a wonderful soundtrack scored by Basil Paladoris. His other movies include The Blue Lagoon, Conan the Barbarian, Robocop, and The Hunt for Red October. His themes for each character are both ethereal and majestic. His daughter Zoe makes a brief appearance on stage in the school dance scene, performing her version of David Bowie's Oxford Town that was modified for this film. Okay, first thing this movie opens with is a Federation Network, or FedNet, patriotic recruitment ad, showing rows and rows of the mobile infantry assembled on a parade ground. Next, a FedNet news bulletin briefly explains the arachnid threat, then throws you right into the middle of battle. You see a full retreat and what appears to be the death of our hero, Johnny Rico. The bugs are more than a match for these fresh troops. The bugs send another meteor our way. But this time, we're ready. Planetary defenses are better than ever. Glendathu, source of the bug meteor attacks, orbits a twin star system whose brutal gravitational forces produce an unlimited supply of bug meteorites in the form of this asteroid belt. To ensure the safety of our solar system, Glendathu must be eliminated. We break net now and take you live to Klendathu, where the invasion has begun. The XQ uplink on two, one, you're on. We've just landed here on what Cap Troopers are calling Big K, the sixth global infantry division. It's an ugly planet, a slow planet, a planet hostile to life. Now, rewind one year, back to see how all this happened and meet our trio of friends, Johnny Rico, Carmen, and Carl, during their last year of high school. Here in Mr. Razchek's civics class, he reviews the most peculiar course in the rewards of citizenship through federal service. And that's not all this new world order offers. Public floggings are common and televised executions too. Rico. Rico. Rico! Pay attention. Sorry, Mr. Ratchak. Let's sum up. This year we explored the failure of democracy, how the social scientists brought our world to the brink of chaos. We talked about the veterans, how they took control and imposed the stability that has lasted for generations since. You know these facts, but have I taught you anything of value this year? Hmm? You, why are only citizens allowed to vote? It's a reward. What the Federation gives you for doing federal service. No. No. Something given has no value. Look, when you vote, you are exercising political authority. You're using force. And force, my friends, is violence. 
the supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. Uh, my mother always said violence never solves anything. Really? I wonder what the city fathers of Hiroshima would say about that. You. They probably wouldn't say anything. Hiroshima was destroyed. Correct. Naked force has resolved more issues throughout history than any other factor. The contrary opinion, that violence never solves anything, is wishful thinking at its worst. People who forget that always pay. Rico, what's the moral difference, if any, between a civilian and a citizen? A citizen accepts personal responsibility for the safety of the body politic, defending it with his life. A civilian does not. The exact words of the text. But do you understand it? Do you believe it? I don't know. Of course you don't. I doubt anyone here would recognize civic virtue if it reached up and bit you in the ass. After graduation, Carmen has plans to enlist for pilot training with the fleet. She and Johnny are checking their final math grade in the student quad when they run into Carl. Come on, let's see if they pass the math final. Rico, can you take Tesla? We're going to kill him. First thing Fleet Academy looks at is your math scores. Wish me luck. Good job. Your turn. Hold on. I want to talk to Marco. His sister's at Fleet. Marco. Hi, Carmen. Was here about Roxy? You made pilot. 35%. Very nice. Look at that. 35%, ladies and gentlemen. Big numbers. This is pretty cool. In this world, some people possess the power of mental telepathy, something that Carl actively works with. And after school, Carl shows Johnny a trick that he can do with his pet ferret. I see the ace of spades. You know, statistically speaking, you should have accidentally guessed right by now. Try another. So my psychic abilities are zero and I'm unlucky. Now luck's not a factor. No one really knows why some people are sensitive and some aren't. Who knows? Maybe it's a new stage of human evolution. That's why they do these kind of federal studies. But Cyrano... Time out. Oh, he just wants some attention. You don't play with him anymore. Cyrano. Go bug mom, Cyrano. How do you make him do that? Oh, I gave him the impression there's a grub crawling up my mom's leg. He's on a mission to go eat it. Oh! Get off my leg! Oh! Carl! I sure hope you don't do anything like that to me. Don't be afraid. Can't do human. Yet. That night, at the big game, Carmen meets Xander. He's a player on the opposing team and soon to be Johnny Rico's rival. Are you all right? Much better. Now. Yeah! 
After the game. Well, everyone's going to the dance, aren't you? I don't know. It's my last night as a civilian. Ship off the Terrascova tomorrow. You're going to the Fleet Academy? That's where I want to go. Come on, number 12, let's play ball. Don't get any ideas about my girlfriend. All is fair, love and war. Their only chance of winning now is if quarterback Dizzy Flores can make a connection pass to Johnny this late in the game. But he's still pretty distracted by Carmen and Xander. Johnny and Carmen are at the dance when their teacher, Mr. Razik, walks by, and Johnny asks for some advice. Mr. Razik, what is it, Rico? I want to thank you. Your class was the best one I had this year. Well, it's really not my job to please. I just hope you learn something. I want to join up. I think I got what it takes to be a citizen. Good for you. Go find out. Well, my parents are against it, and I know it's my choice. I was wondering, what would you do if you were me? Figuring things out for yourself is the only freedom anyone really has. Use that freedom. Make up your own mind, Rico. The next day, our three friends enlist together, but soon find they're going their separate ways. So they make a pact. kids do? I'm gonna be a pilot. Well, good for you. We need all the pilots we can get. Hey, did you get Starside R&D? No. I don't believe it. I got games in theory. Games in theory? That's military intelligence. Way to go, Carl. Next time we meet, I'll probably have to salute you. How about you, son? Infantry, sir. Good for you. 
Mobile infantry made me the man I am today. Let's make a vow. No matter what, we'll always be friends. I'll go for that. Well, chances are we'll never see each other again. We'll be millions of light years away from each other. But, uh, yeah, sure, why not? Boot camp finds Johnny Rico, or just Rico now that he's a soldier, learning the basics of soldiering. When out of the blue, Dizzy arrives. You all right, son? Sir, yes, sir! It's my back is broken, sir. Medic! Pain is in your mind. Who's next? Sir! Recruit Flores reporting for duty, sir! You specifically requested transfer from Fort Cronkite to this training unit? Sir, I heard it was the best, sir. It is the best. But what makes you think you're good enough? This is probably the best thing that can happen to Rico, but he still just doesn't get it. Later that day in the chow hall. Back, back, back. Jerk, yeah. oh, sure, man. Tough guy. Ooh. Hey, Rico, want to sit together? No thanks, Diz. You malfunction, you are. I joined up to get out on my own, and you had to tag along. You think I joined the mobile infantry because of you? You saying you didn't? Now our players are set. Rico and Dizzy in the mobile infantry, Carl and Psychor, and Carmen is in the fleet academy learning to fly. The movie changes gears now and shows off some beautiful old-school practical models. In this scene, Carmen pilots a shuttle from the lunar training base up through the interior of a docking ring that surrounds the moon. This flight looks to be an homage to the Death Star trench run and was filmed using a model miniature set. She emerges up and out above her next assignment, the battleship Roger Young. It's massive and graceful like a whale. The big close-up model, built by Sony Imageworks, Thunderstone Model Shop, was 18 feet long. There were two 9-foot versions and over a dozen 19-inch long perfect replicas for a mass fleet attack scene. Here's a fun fact. The displays shown on the bridge control panels were done by an effects company called Band from the Ranch. Started by a few former Lucasfilm employees, the name originated after two were caught trespassing in George's private office at the Skywalker Ranch one night. Once aboard the Roger Young and at her post on the bridge, we're surprised to see Carmen's new instructor pilot, Xander. This comment by music composer Basil Paladoris sums up Carmen's new position and relationship with Xander quite well. you doing here? I'm the guy who's gonna teach you to fly this crate. Uh, assistant instructor. Should I call you sir? Only when I give you an order. Prepare for departure. 
It's amazing us running into each other like this. Maybe it's fate. Maybe not. Heard about this crazy girl coming through the academy. Solid math, a little wild on the stick, but a natural. And when it turned out to be you, I just made sure that we would run into each other. Roger Young, cleared for undocking and departure. All right, Abanis. Take her out. Yes, ma'am. All systems go. Then the scene that immediately follows Carmen's uh, uh, piloting the shuttle is, is actually her taking the Roger Young out. And there, there were just a couple of key things that Paul wanted to emphasize here. One, that uh, the ship was huge, um, that it's an ex you know, she had an extraordinary responsibility. And he points that up by when the thing starts to undock, that the fuel hoses, is she going to remember whether to clear them or not from the, from the, from the ship itself? Um, the other is there's the flirtation that's going on between her and Xander. And um, I kind of planted a, a theme, which is really more Carmen's theme than his theme. But nonetheless, it's kind of, she, I always assumed there was a very, there was very little separation between her excitement for space and being a pilot and her excitement for Xander. The, the two things were really kind of wrapped up in, into each other. Yes, ma'am. Number one, designed for Jupiter orbit. All crew, all sections, stand by to cut in sea drive. Start drive in. Five, in five four, four, ready, three, steady, go. Back at boot camp, it's good to see Rico and Dizzy falling back in sync and working as a team, pulling some sweet football plays against the opposing team on a mock battlefield course. Rico wins the battle and is promoted to squad leader. Man, they're defended. No way in. Flip six three hole. What? You're in a flip six three hole play and you can score. Cover me. Got it. Hey, buddy. Bastard. Squad, see what he can do. Someone's got to teach you guys how to play some pool here. Look at him. You ever seen anybody so pleased with himself? Well, Zim must have had to choose someone to be his brown nose. I couldn't have done it without you, Dish. Friends. Friends. Mail call! Phoebe! Yeah, it's me. Shijumi! Just in time to get dumped by Carmen. 
Rico. Yeah. Breckenridge. Nyla. Yeah, here I am. Ah, great. That's all, folks. Hi, Johnny. I'm sorry I haven't written you sooner, but uh, it's been really you don't deserve that. Really got us going here. They must have made you squad leader by now. And if they haven't, tell them to talk to me. See, all it takes is the love of a good woman. That is a woman. Look at that. Stop it. Isn't it beautiful? I love it out here. And that's also the problem. Because. I think I'm gonna go career. I wanna command a ship of my own, and you know, I don't think that's gonna leave a lot of room for you and me, Johnny. Jeez. I know that's not what you wanted to hear, but uh, I have to follow my heart. I'm sorry. Write me, all right? Write me so that I know we'll always be friends. Funny how they always want to be friends after they rip your guts out. What I deserve. What are you talking about? I joined up for her. I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for her. What are you talking about? You made squad leader on your own. Nay, still got me to kick around. But not as all lost. Rico later loses his squad leader rank and is publicly flogged. War with the Arachnids is declared, and this movie now changes into high gear. The devastation we are seeing is unparalleled. Judging from early estimates, millions dead, a city in ruins. Is that Geneva? Goddamn bugs whacked his child. The meteor was shot out of orbit by bug plasma that derived from Clendathu, the arachnid's home planet. Nothing lives in what was once called the Latin Paradise. Oh, Johnny, it's us. Buenos Aires has been wiped off the Earth. Council met moments ago and voted unanimously for mobilization to destroy the arachnid threat. You're on. No one here in the AQZ knows exactly when the invasion of Clendathu will occur, but everyone's talking about it, and the talk says tomorrow. Here's a bunch of MI kids that look like they could eat bugs for lunch. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. So, Trooper, you're not too worried about fighting the arachnids? Hey, shoot a nuke down a bug hole, you got a lot of dead bugs. Now, I just right? hope it's not over before we get some. <laughs> <laughs> some say the bugs were provoked by the intrusion of humans into their natural habitat, that a live and let live policy is preferable to war with the bugs. Let me tell you something. 
I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say kill them all! Yeah! Oh, yeah! Yeah! Oh, yeah! Big bad fucks, huh? Live and let live? What are they, crazy? This wouldn't be much of a war movie if everyone started talking sense. And we're off. Back to that first invasion of the bug planet, which is already in progress. the audience just um, how, how hard this was to do that we were doing here, Casper. I mean, first of all, we're wearing armor that's, I, I guess, tolls tol about 30 32 pounds. pounds. 32 oh, pounds. 32 pounds plus the weapon. 22 pounds. Okay, so an extra... For our weapons, the rubber ones were two pounds, three pounds. Okay, so whatever, you got about 40, about 40 extra pounds on you, plus we're at an 8,000 foot altitude, so the air's a little bit thinner there. Yeah. It's... You know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and we're running up these hills and take after take after take. A, take. Okay, back to one, back to one. Oh my God, we gotta do it again. We gotta do these it again. These bugs were and not here. You're shooting nothing. Nothing. At nothing. <laughs> yeah. Shooting at nothing. No, you're shooting at nothing, but you're shooting ammunition. Oh, all right, on top of all. Yeah. And so right next to each right other. Right next like to this. each other. So the person behind is is shooting. Well, that was that was often the kind of. Uh, we got shot all yeah. the time. I yeah. remember one time. I mean, time. not really dangerous, but you get stuff in your eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that you, so you have to. Yeah, everybody has to stand in a certain way that that cannot happen, isn't it? But if you have, if there's so much action, you forget. Exactly. It's hard. No, it's, it's that, almost Paul, impossible. Paul, you always wanted to get so, a bunch of us in a shot together, and you want yeah. us all shooting. You wanted like four or five of us in, in right, on like, screen at like the same that time. Right, like that you just shot there. Yeah. And there's no way to not get shot because yeah. Yeah. Shot here, so really. it was always good. It was getting into your cheek and stuff like Actually, that. Remember, it? the back of my arm had gotten. Yeah, you uh, got, got your a bunch back of your like, arm, and different people got different things. Someone got definitely well, no, nothing ever happened. Oh yeah, well I shot Jake. Well I didn't shoot him, but what happened was he didn't have ear protection in one day when we were doing some of our um, uh, something, oh. know, we were shooting in, in the canyon or something and I shot a little bit too close to him and blew out his ear. Um, <laughs> he wasn't really happy about it. Ah, oh, good times. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old times. Uh, He's forgiven me since. Did he? Wow. We're good friends now, yeah. So what are these? The Federation invasion fleet has arrived at the bug planet. The Roger Young has deployed all of its shuttlecraft and has encountered heavy fire from the giant plasma bugs on the surface below. Firing bursts that light up the night sky, they can easily reach the ships in low orbit. This isn't random or light. Someone made a mistake. That's it. We're empty, man. During the retreat, when last we saw Abrico, he was down and it looked like curtains for him. Fear not, though badly wounded, he survived, but due to a clerical error, he has been listed killed in action. On the return to base, we see mostly battle-damaged ships. Some heavily scarred like the Roger Young, others lying in ports still burning or broken on the outer ledge of the station where they have come to rest. Ticonderoga, this is Roger Young requesting approach vector. Affirmative, Roger Young. 
smarter than the bugs. Johnny is back at a base hospital, submerged in a big transparent tank of water as a machine tends to his wounds. This is definitely a scene right out of Star Wars. His friends, Dizzy and Ace Levy, played by Jake Busey, try to cheer him up by banging on the glass. Johnny's floating in the fish tank being mended by uh, some interesting looking machine. And uh, there's a moment where there's an obvious uh, affection between him and Dizzy. In this scene, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't see, uh, I couldn't really see them. I could see the outline of them. I couldn't read the, the words in the water. Um, but, uh, but I hope we told you. Yeah, we, you know, you told me. You, I could hear you guys. How did you All not right. let the water go up your nose? I just there. kept a little bit of bubbles in my my nose. I'm a, a, I'm a scuba diver. I was a scuba diver when I'm, I was... I, I even with a regulator. So it never went into the sinus? sinus I mean, no, I kept a little bit of bubble in, bubbles in my nose. That's all I did. Oh, that's good. I still would have the... I, I still would want to suck Was it claustrophobic to sit there in that thing nose. or not? Well, uh, for as long as you guys had me in there, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of wild. And it was, it, it was fun, though. I liked it. I mean, you're... You're giving us an opportunity. Most of us, uh, except for Dina, hadn't been in, in, in big films yet. So this was, you know, there wasn't much I was going to complain about. <laughs> there was, I was Thank gonna, you very much. <laughs> it was gonna, already difficult enough, isn't it? Um, basically, what, what Paul wanted to do here was kind of jack it back up, uh, bring back the emotion, bring back the, the uh, feeling that even though they had just suffered a, a hideous defeat, there is still this kind of youthful enthusiasm and optimism uh, at work, and uh, that they're quite willing to go back into battle and, and fully believing that they're going to uh, be ultimately victorious. So I hear you, Lieutenant. Real nutbuster. No one talks about the Lieutenant that way. You saved my life. Mine, too. Same for me. Me, too. Well, sounds like he's quite a guy. Who do you think saved your ass? Stand by. Attention on deck! This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. You don't do your job, I'll shoot you. You get me. We get you, sir! Welcome to the Roughnecks. Ratchets, Roughnecks! At ease, listen up. Got a new Sky Marshal and a new battle plan. Gonna clean out the system's outlying Clendath through one planet at a time. Before we hit Tango Urilla, 
After fleet glasses the planet, MI mops up. Carry on. If you didn't recognize the voice, this was their civics teacher from high school, Mr. Rezik. And he's nobody's sweetheart. On the bug planet, the fleet bombing strikes begin as promised. And bug parts are flying everywhere. John Richardson had always wanted to do that effect. It's the longest rolling explosion in special effects history. I think it was a mile long. We didn't even, it was so long we couldn't even use all of it. But I, I think uh, John was able to fulfill a lifetime dream. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great explosion. It's a beautiful explosion. <laughs> Jake, another time here. <laughs> yeah, I remember that there was some and tension on the set here. Yeah. Dina, between you and uh, yeah. and Ace, I well, think. Well, the thing is, like, we were all getting shot from just from that the the, the way the um, the fire comes out of the gun on the on the sides. Right. You're always gonna get you you're gonna get some sparks, some yeah. something, and like. By the way, the weapon used for the troops is a futuristic Marita rifle, special built for this movie. It's a fiberglass casing containing live firearms a Ruger Mini-14 machine gun, and an underslung Ifeca 37 pump shotgun, both custom-mounted and fully functional for live fire scenes. As Dina Meyer was saying, the hot shell casings ejected from the side and the muzzle flash will burn, not to mention unprotected hearing damage. Like, yell cut and really piss you off? At one point, I got very. Uh, he got. You know, he got angry. It's I like, got she angry. She shot me again. You got angry. Everybody got angry. <laughs> so far, our troops have encountered the giant plasma bugs, and the fast and vicious warrior bugs. Eight feet tall, they hunt in packs and stab and bite. But wait, there's more. Hopper bugs are warriors with razor sharp wings that strike as they glide past or pick up their prey to carry them away. Then there's a tanker bug, the size of a Mack truck. It appears from underground tunnels and, like a bulldozer, can break through walls. Called a tanker because it's full of liquid acid that sprays out of its head in a fiery, burning stream. And finally, the single most bug sought after is the brain bug. Brain bugs? Frankly, I find the idea of a bug that thinks offensive. Big, soft, and bloated like Jabba the Hutt. This bug can barely move on its own. It's telepathic, but it's most dangerous, up close and personal. They sucked his brains out. You got a bug problem, man? I stole it, Trooper! How was this, uh, Casper? This was a, top this, of that. This is a tanker bug, and what it was, it, it was like an upside-down hull of a boat. You see this part of it, and, and I'm actually riding this, and, uh... It, it was just, it was insane because it, it just goes side to side and forward and back and then the, the caterpillar a, truck moves It was a tractor or something. Yeah. Right? Harnessed in or something? I had a harness on that, that I could, I would, if I fell, I would only fall about six feet or something like that back so that I wouldn't like get run over or, or break my neck when I fell. Um, and I ended up chipping two teeth on this one on the very first day 
Um, well, first I landed on my on my weapon. I, I cracked my rib and I, I I was coughing up blood. You cracked your rib. I cracked it in, here. Uh, on the on the bug. When we were you riding. You cracked your yeah. rib. I cracked my ribs and I was coughing up blood for uh, two or three nights. And then I, so that was the very first take because I landed on my weapon like this. I, I it went right into my um my rib cage and I landed on my weapon face first. And so the next time when I was falling, I put my weapon up and I landed on my face and I chipped two teeth. Wow. So I, uh, I, I uh, and then I got back up and I did it for two more days after that, but I didn't. But you never, you were coughing up blood? I coughed up blood. Well, you never Trooper told anybody, every is sense it? of the word. Did you tell anybody? <laughs> um, I only talked to the medic. Oh, and what and did he, they say, that's normal? He, 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 well, there's nothing you can do for a cracked rib. Also, the wires. Oh. As Rico helped rid the area of pests, a tanker bug emerges from the ground for an unannounced barbecue. It's spraying fire left and right till Rico jumps on its back from above and hangs on like a bull rider. He punches a hole in its shell with his machine gun, drops in a hand grenade, then jumps off just in time. Back in school, sir. Don't you remember? I was captain of the team. Rico. Sir. I need a corporal. You're it until you're dead, or till I find somebody better. Thank you, sir. Hi, saddle up! Oh, oh, corporal! <laughs> I need a squad leader. Oh, no. No, I've been there and blew it. I'm just here to fight. What about it, Des? Looks like I'm your girl, sir. <laughs> Raznik's roughnecks find the abandoned outpost and discover the bugs have been there before them, as well as evidence of a brain bug. Geez, someone really humped the bunk. Watkins. Sir. Secure this compound. Police these bodies. Yes, sir. Give me three. Up on the tower. Now. I'll be there. I'll be there. Tower two. Police up these bodies. Sticks in there. Come with me on the gate. Rico. Come with me. Yes, sir. We need retrieval. This place crawls. Get somebody in the communications tent and get me an uplink. Yes, sir. Yes, check it out. Man group with me. Lieutenant! Dirty bugs came in right while they were having chow. Ugh. Yeah, this is where they got in. Lieutenant! I think you're gonna wanna see this. You got Flores. God, I hate this place. that look like to you, Rico? Looks like a bug was in his brain, sir.
They sucked his brains out. Oh no, it's a trap. And the bugs are back by the thousands. This is, this is a great sequence right here. Oh, this is the best in the whole movie. Yeah, this is the Zulu shot. Battle group, this is Roughneck to Zero. We are under We are under attack, sir. We need retrieval now. We have planet P is clear. This place crawled, sir. We need pickup now. What's your position? Come down on this transmission. Inside the outpost? That's crazy. Well, I hope you have a crazy pilot. Out. Have the soldiers retreating from the walls. This is a scene that's pretty much inspired by movies like Gunga Din and uh, a Bo Jet, uh, yeah, Fortress movies. Charge of the Light Brigade. And Charge of the Well, we, we looked at Charge of the Light Brigade, and those those shots of the bugs falling, which we call the falling horses shots, were added in Wyoming. Uh, while we were shooting, we saw, yeah. While we were shooting, because because we watched the Charge of the Light Brigade. Um, but very often when the fort is being overrun, you have to leave the walls and go down here. And this is getting pretty desperate here. Um, they're holding out, hoping for rescue. This next scene is pretty rough. Both Rezcek and Dizzy are killed. Wow. Thanks. That was good. That was good. That was a good cause. I got a lot of yells in the theater. I think that's really... What's up? This is from the worst Oh, no. Thing. Whoa, that's gotta hurt. Wow. I think it's one of the worst things we did to the audience to kill her after. It would be after her victory. That it, was well, so not only that victory, but the, the Johnny victory. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, was that the one you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, but you know, in war, I think that... that it's more real, you know, because... Paul and I both felt that's that... That's what we felt that... In war, your friends die. Now in Platoon, it's okay if your friends die, because that's uh, Oliver Stone, or that's, some, that's serious. But in, I guess in these sort of uh, entertainments, you're not supposed to kill off the hero's girlfriend. Carmen and Xander make a heroic ground rescue and get Rico and their surviving troops back to the Roger Young. One sad duty to perform is to give Dizzy a formal burial in space. Another movie homage, this one is to Spock's burial in The Wrath of Khan and the appearance of Carl. He has some new hopeful information with their next assignment. Attention on deck! Once, somebody asked me if I knew the difference between a citizen and a civilian. I can tell you now, a citizen has the courage to make the safety of the human race their personal responsibility. Dizzy was my friend. She was a soldier. But more than that, she was a citizen of the Federation. Prison! Uh! Order! Uh! 
Officer on deck. Carry on. Burial detail. Dismissed. That is. How are you, Carl? Carmen, good. Johnny, I'm sorry it had to be your unit on P. That mission had a very low survival probability. The bugs laid a trap for us, didn't they? Elegant proof of intelligence, isn't it? I thought there might be a brain bug on P. You knew and you sent them anyway? We couldn't afford to launch an operation if there wasn't one. You don't approve. Well, too bad. We're in this for the species, boys and girls. It's simple numbers. They have more. And every day, I have to make decisions that send hundreds of people like you to their deaths. Didn't they tell you, Colonel? That's what the mobile infantry's good for. I hope you're ready for more. We're going back to P to capture that brain. The roughnecks are always ready, sir. I hear they need a new lieutenant. Want the job? I'll take it. Until I get killed or you find someone better. Take care of yourself, Johnny. I'll see you again. Armed with this new information, the fleet has gone back to look for the brain bug. Once again in a low orbit and surprisingly closely spaced in a tight formation, they make an easy target for the plasma bugs who are firing into the group as we speak. Come on, people, space is huge. Spread out. The effects in this 15-year-old movie are still pretty cool, as you can see in these newly refitted ships getting cut to ribbons again. The Roger Young isn't so lucky this time. In orbit, it's heavy and lumbering and makes for an easy target. As the crew prepares to get underway, up from the planet comes a plasma ball that cuts the ship right in half. Get us clear for warp number two. Clear in five. Shading star drive Three. in five. Here we have the a big spectacular sequence coming up here, the, what we call the Wreck of the Roger Young. And this uh, involved many, 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 many man hours uh, for Sony Imageworks. Model maker George Willis created this effect using a stop motion technique. He describes it. They put the two halves of the Roger Young in one piece upon this giant control camera rig called a model mover and it slowly moved the sections apart, an eighth of an inch per frame. It was only a five second sequence, but it took about two hours to shoot. They'd say action, take a shot of one frame, and we go on and twist these pegs and make the floors collapse, and then a few little beams would crash and towers that fell over and other things. The captain is lost with the ship. Carmen and Xander escape in a life pod. On the ground, Rico hears her distress call and makes radio contact with Carmen as she pilots the craft to a crash landing nearby. Escape for a landing zone! Checking terrain! Here! Can you handle that? Piece of cake!
Roger Young just burned up. It's on the rescue net. Any spiders? Well, they're getting tarred up there pretty bad. Bravo 632 on board. Is anyone receiving? Anyone receiving? Affirmative. This is Roughneck 2-0. You're breaking up. Say again. Carmen? Say again. Carmen! Prepare for land. Petrol. In. 3, 2, 1, fire! underground position south 42 east 118 situation is i repeat south 42 east 118 <laughs> situation is extremely hostile i need a squad to pull them out direction three clicks south by southwest Immediately, she and Xander are surrounded by warrior bugs and radio her situation as the bugs attack. Knowing their chances of survival are slim to none, looks like Rico abandons any hope of going to their rescue and continues to lead his team to their next task. What do you want to do? You heard the lieutenant! Rescue party! Bird squad, come with me! Cancel that! You know as well as I do, she's already dead. Sorry, buddy. Roughnecks! Let's move. All right. premonition, but Rico changes his mind as he and his team get close. We should go this way. That way. Yeah. But Carmen's down there. Yeah, I hate to be rude, buddy. Word has it, she's dead. She's still alive. How do you know? I don't know how I know, but I know. Listen, you got command. But going off mission, that's a serious offense. Yeah, I think they hang you for that. 
Roughneck 2-0, proceed on mission. I need two volunteers. Hey, Rico rescued Carmen, but it's too late to save Xander. They sucked his brains out. As they make their way back to join his squad, shouts and cheers greet them with news of the brain bug's capture. Come on, Carmen. are working around the clock to probe its secrets. Once we understand the bug, we will defeat it. We have the ships. We have the weapons. We need soldiers. Soldiers like Lieutenant Stack Lumbridge. From the target area now, Captain. And Captain Carmen Abanez. This is the Captain speaking. All personnel prepared to run. 
soldiers like Private Ace Levy and Lieutenant John Rico. Come on, you idiot! You wanna live forever? We need you all. Service guarantees citizenship. But I have not been to paradise. 
You mean that the Fuhrer is an alien? 